Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Can make this work, then I'm gonna have to get a real job. Right now, I am out. Hey, listen to me. This is a real job. I'm the one with the job. You're the one who lies around the house all day in a pool of your own slobber. Gary Hoffman. He drug a stink in here so bad the livestock wouldn't stay. Shannon Farron. She is washed up. You understand me? She's finished. She's a troublemaker. She's on my list. Gary and Shannon. You can Google it. It's worth a Google. Now for the coup de grace. Well, we got a lot to get to today. Um, we're going to do What You're Watching Wednesday. We haven't done it for a while. Obviously, last week we were busy. Uh, with a story out of Houston today, of course, water restrictions go into effect. Please do not tell us any more about shower buckets, please. I, we were inundated with messages about shower buckets yesterday. I don't want to so, hear about the buckets so maybe in your shower. Soapy is good, <laughs> and I don't care. That's fine. Do what you want. I am not going to put a bucket in my shower because I do not want to divorce my wife anytime soon. <laughs> Well, we talked about what was going on in terms of the information coming out of Uvalde. We've spent a lot of time on it. And when this was initially unfolding, I remember saying that, you know, when you have an incident of this magnitude in a community where it is a small town, they're not used to the types of media attention they're going to get from the international media on such a massacre, right? Uh, about how there were a number of of agencies that responded to this. And I said that it's very rare that we, we would get a timeline, a detailed timeline, as quickly as we did. And there's a reason why bigger jurisdictions hold off on giving a detailed timeline, because the, the details are fluid. There, there's too many people to talk to to get all your ducks in a row that quickly. And that's exactly what it seems happened here, is we're just getting contradiction after contradiction, because they wanted to come out with information so soon, because this was such a tragedy. Uh, but this is what happens when, when you do that. There's a reason why when we have a press conference and we bring you to the press conference live and you hear, um, you know, the L.A. County Sheriff thanking the L.A. County uh, or the LAPD and you hear all of the the thank yous and we th and the cooperation because it's it's kind of rare that the cooperation is cooperative. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's very rare. It's it's why the Golden State Killer got away for so many years is that some agencies don't play well with other agencies. They don't like to share information. They don't like to take orders from other agencies. And that's exactly what we had here. It was also unusual that soon after the shooting took place last week, it was Governor Abbott of Texas who was the one giving the most information. If you remember, there was a, a news conference. He was doing something completely different on that Tuesday. And a couple of hours after the shooting, he actually named the shooter and got into some of what he was told were the details about what had happened. It turns out that some of those deal, details were completely wrong, and he got pissed off about it, as he should. The next day, they did the news conference, the one that was interrupted by Beto O'Rourke, and they had information there that was incorrect. And then the day after that, the one that we heard on Friday, uh, Thursday and Friday, they had more information, and it was not 
Correct. Let's go over some of the things that they got wrong. Uh, yesterday, the San Antonio Express News and other outlets reported that a teacher did not leave that door. The shooter entered the school through propped open, as law enforcement initially said. That she pulled the door closed while telling 911 that he was shooting. That she thought the door would lock because that door is always supposed to be locked. The Department of Public Safety later confirmed that teacher's account. Officials said early on the shooter was wearing body armor. He was not. They said that a school district police officer had engaged the shooter before he entered the school. He did not. In fact, they said that he drove by but didn't see the guy with the long gun. One of the guys who has been vocal is the director of public safety, Stephen McCraw. He has laid the blame on that on-site commander, Pete Arredondo. Pete Arredondo has not really said yes to any follow-up interviews with the investigators. And in fact, CNN caught up with him today where he declined to answer questions. Sure. Decision and what department we're moving, but, but just to let y'all know, and I just spoke with. I know you did, but oh, you're, not, you're not bluffing me, are you? No, no, no. no, 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 no. Turn this way. No, just so y'all know, because you all know, obviously, we're not going to release anything. We have we have people in our community being buried, so, so we're going to be respectful. I just want your reaction we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna, the director we're gonna, Nick Ross saying that you were responsible for the decision right. to we're go into be, that room. How do you explain We're going to be respectful to the family. I understand and, that. And, you have an opportunity to explain yourself to the parents. And just so you know, we're going to we're going to do that eventually, obviously. When? And whenever this is done, and let the families quit grieving, then we'll do that, obviously. And just quit so we have, just so everybody and just so everybody just so everybody knows. We've been in contact with DPS every day, just so you all know. They say you're every not, day. They say that you're not cooperating. I've, I've been on the phone with them every day. Just but they so you say all you're not cooperating. So just, just two just, seconds. Just, 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 just so you know, we've been talking to them every day. What, what, I, is, I your, appreciate what is your reaction to Y'all have a good day. Why well, isn't that That's guy bawling? Why isn't he like, oh, my God, the blood is on my hands. I screwed up. I can't even sleep through the night. He should have bloodshot eyes. He should be beside himself that he made the decision to treat this as a barricaded suspect instead of an active shooter yeah. while those kids bled out. How are you able to live with yourself, look in the mirror, take a shower, do anything? I. This guy, listen, he's got a couple of days worth of shielding himself from answering questions. That was by not using, good. But, but by using the excuse, we're still burying our children. And he's absolutely right. However... That's only going to last so long. But he said it this like is, he said it like he was far removed from the situation. Like the families are are burying people. There's people in the community being buried. You know, we'll wait till they quit grieving. I mean, almost what the hell? Almost as if it was. This may not be the right analogy, but almost like it was a tornado that ripped through Uvalde and they lost some yes. kids in the in the school. Something like yes. that, where he's not in the spotlight right now in terms of trying to figure out. Did children die because police didn't breach that door? McCraw said when it comes, and this is what we've been saying, when it comes to an active shooter, you don't wait on tactical gear. Plain and simple, you've got an obligation. If shooting continues and you have any reason to believe there's individuals alive in there, you've got an obligation to move back to an active shooter posture. That means everybody at the door. That this was the wrong decision, period. Clearly there were kids in the room. Clearly they were at risk. And oh, by the way, he said, even when you go back to shooting, there may be kids that were in. They may be shot, but injured. So you've got to get in there and give them aid. The um, the largest police union, by the way, in Texas is warning those officers 
that worked for Uvalde Police Department and the school district police department to cooperate fully with the investigations. The Combined Law Enforcement Associations of Texas, CLEAT, made this announcement late yesterday, soon after the reports that came out that the police officials, not just Chief Arredondo for the school police, but that others might not be cooperating with the Department of Public Safety there and the FBI's investigation. I still can't believe that there were 19 officers in that hallway that followed Arredondo's orders to not engage. That blows my mind. That's why that I mean, as much as we've been saying, like we have to be careful about the information that we saw Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of last week. We still have to also pump the brakes because those may maybe those 19 officers have some explanation. I really want to hear it. I really do because it just doesn't it boggles the mind. All right. When we come back, there is a senior government official who conducts school active shooter trainings, and he's talking about what he saw and uh, his opinion on the matter. FBI Director Christopher Wray says it was one of the most despicable cyber attacks he has ever seen, talking about the Iranian government backed hackers who tried to hack the Boston Children's hospital computer network last year. The FBI was able to thwart the hacking before they did damage to the hospital's computer network. But he said this is what we face when it comes to the governments of Iran, Russia, China and North Korea and that we cannot let up on China or Iran. While we're focused on Russia. Uh, Everybody notices inflation, uh, except apparently Janet Yellen. She admitted today, uh, late yesterday, sorry, that she had failed to anticipate how bad inflation was going to be. Wolf Blitzer asked her about it last night, and she said, yeah, you know, I I, I think I was wrong uh, about the path that inflation would take. We get into Swamp Watch. I'll play for you her, uh, her comments from last year and then her comments from last night, which are not very... Uh, encouraging. And if you go to Yellowstone, don't get close to the bison because I don't even feel bad for the people that do and end up gored. That is what happened, unfortunately, to a woman. She has survived after being gored by a she bison. Did? She's tossed in the air 10 feet because she got close to the, the female bison. You got to remain 25 yards from the animals. There is a reason. They are unpredictable unpredictable they can run at 35 miles per hour they can jump several feet please tell me she was trying to record it like for oh i'm sure she i'm I'm sure that's what it was 25 Mm. years old come on uh we're talking about what uh what is the latest when it comes to the school shooting out of uvalde texas a couple more funerals are, are scheduled for today for the young victims um and we We've said multiple times in instances like this that after Columbine in April of 1999, things were supposed to change, that 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 type of an attack on that type of a target was never to be handled the same way again. And right. There would be no waiting. You no would just waiting. go in right away. One officer, two officers, four officers, whoever was on the scene, the job was immediately to try to neutralize the, the suspect in this case. A senior government official conducts uh, school active shooter trainings, did an interview with Yahoo News, and found that the responding officers, in his opinion, broke every protocol put in place since that shooting at Columbine in 1999. He said what they did was pre-Columbine protocol. After Columbine, all this changed. Active shooters, you go in, the first guy goes in and neutralizes the threat. He says they broke every rule in the book. They did everything wrong. Um, The authorities had said in this timeline, and again, we know that it's shifting. That was the whole point of the first segment, that things have changed. But what we know so far is that it took about 45 minutes 
for the officers in the hallway to get a key to the door to unlock it, as opposed to trying to find a way to breach the door, or enter from a different, uh, from a window, whatever. This government official says you can breach a door in 15 seconds. You put plastique on the edge of the door, you blow it open. If you have no bomb, guys, you shoot the door, you shoot the lock, the lock will break, you get in that way. 19 cops, he said, did not breach the door. They waited for Customs and Border Protection, who, by the way, report that when they turned up on scene, these were the guys that eventually shot and killed the guy, that when they turned up, they tried to get in, and the local guy said, no, not yet. And Did you read that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So anyway, he says, I don't know why they waited. They should have just gone inside the building, fired into the glass, saying, sorry, it's a bad call. Well, it's a bad call with 21 people dead. Yeah, the... um the issue also of finding a key for a door like that, yeah. in in the event that you live and work in a small town like Uvalde, Texas, again, we're not talking about – this is 15,000 people, 16,000 people, and there's what, five or six different schools there including the high school and junior highs? Why, why would Uvalde police not all have some sort of a master key to a school or – in the event that the this was a, a an urgent situation, part of the training for an active shooter situation to is to shoot those locks. Well, as many <laughs> as administrators as there are who would have access to those keys, you end up in one specific place. You are all in one place so that the officer is looking for the guy or the gal with the key. They know exactly where to go. And it doesn't take 45 minutes. Another question is, where was the SWAT team? In February of 2020, there was a Facebook post by the Uvalde Police Department. And it was a picture of its SWAT team, nine officers armed with assault rifles. And that day in February of 2020, they stated they'd be visiting local schools and businesses to for familiarize themselves with layouts. Where was the SWAT team? Why didn't they lead the shooting response and storm the classroom? In an interview last week with a local news outlet in San Antonio, a fourth grader who said he had been hiding in a classroom indicated that the police officer's actions may have caused another kid to get shot. Yeah, I remember we played that soundbite where he said um, that the cops came and said, yell if you need help. And one of the persons in my class yelled, help. And the guy overheard her and came in and shot her. And he said the cop barged into that classroom. The guy shot at the cop. And that's when the cops started shooting. Now, listen. Again, we don't know all the details. uh, uh, Four-year-old trying to recollect, fourth grader, sorry, trying to recollect what happened in the most horrific circumstances like that may not necessarily be true. but There's a reason why cops and authorities take their time to get information out, and this is why. Um, we should never have had a timeline the day of, the day after. There's just too many different parties and, and agencies that responded. And uh, and hopefully we'll get some clarity. And I really would love to hear from the 19 officers in the hallway, or at least some of them, in terms of what that mentality was. Because I can't wrap my head around. I mean, I know a lot of cops, and there's not one of them that would res- that would respect that order in that moment. Right. There's just no way. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't know what their explanation could be. It's time for what you watch Wednesday. Sorry. The following program <laughs> is brought to you in living color. What you watching in there? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. USA Television much better. You've been watching too many of those live television shows. So I uh, got caught up with "I Love That for You" on Showtime. 
I am very close to caught up. It's taking more of a serious, less funny uh, turn. It's a darker comedy than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, and it is it is well done, I think. I, I want to like it more than I actually do so far. Um, but it's got some great Saturday Night Live alums in Molly Shannon, uh, Vanessa Bayer, who plays sort of the two title roles. Jennifer Davis from uh, Blackish plays the boss of this shopping network. Yeah, this... A couple of newcomers I'd never seen before that are that are funny, but right. The premise is that this girl she had cancer as a child, just like the actress did as well, and the executive producer. And um, she uh, she is cured, and she's always loved the Home Shopping Network, and she wants to go work there, and she ends up landing a job there, and she's not very good at it initially. She almost gets fired, and she pulls a cancer card. I have cancer, so they keep her on. And now it's kind of it was funny for a while, but you wondered how they were going to handle it because the joke. I mean, the the you know it's got a. She's got to come clean at some point, right? And, and now you're seeing the different falling outs. Like there's some dark turns that it took in the last couple episodes. Um, some uh, other bigger issues like real cancer to deal with. And right. um, and now they're hinting at a hoarding problem. Yeah. that was, So that was the last one we saw. Am I yeah, caught up? You're then? caught up. Okay. Yeah. That's the last episode that I saw. That How did you feel it. when you saw that scene? Well, I almost thought it was like, the the fact that there's a real cancer that's been in, uh, brought in as a storyline, I thought, oh, this, that is a serious turn. Right. But then to suggest that there are other people who are going to have other problems. Yes. Like it's not just going to be about cancer. It's right. about everyone's own stuff. Each of these weird cartoonish characters that were all supposed to be comic, you yeah. know, in the first few episodes. Right. They've all got serious problems. Right. And I'm not sure that that's the. I mean, maybe like, they'll deal with them in a funny way, you know. Cancer's funny. No, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna tackle these issues, but it, it's true. You know, it's like there's all these characters. You know, you just think about like your workplace and all of these characters and people f- with their quirks and things, and everyone's got serious stuff at home or right. things that are not as light and funny as they present themselves. It's well done. Again, I I feel like I wanted to like it more. I wanted to be more enthused about it for that flip, for that switch to kind of mean more. I mean, I get I'm going to stick through it. It's only a couple episodes left, so I'll stick through it and watch the whole thing. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I love it. I love that for you. I'm glad that you found a show. I love that you love that for me. There is another show, though, on HBO Max that I think is absolutely blowing it out of... uh, out of the park. Hacks. And, and that's Hacks. Hacks is my favorite show. Hacks stars Gene Smart as uh, sort of a, I don't want to say over the hill, but um, a aging, an aging comedian mm-hmm. uh, who crushed it early on, was one of the groundbreaking female comedians and has been a, a Las Vegas, longtime Las Vegas resident. And she starts to lose that. She's doing all of her old material. She hires a young writer to come and help her sort of uh, young it up a little bit. And now she's the second season. She's on tour to try to develop a new act that she could then turn into a residency. And it's a funny show, but it also has the undertones of how alone she is and how she has done everything for her career and how that's alienated some people in her family and her life and how she's had to be so hard, you know, and develop that hardness to be a female comic and to be a female comic coming up when she did. Yeah. And, you know, she's not proud of everything that she's done in her past. 
and she's a totally flawed character, but she's great and you root for her and it's just, it's just it's perfectly cast too. She did she does such a great job. Yeah. I didn't realize she just lost her husband like a year ago. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Jean Smart did. Um, she's type one diabetic. Jean Smart is huh. not the character. I mean, she's got all kinds of stuff that she's did. She's seventy years old and is absolutely. I mean, destroying the the rest of the cast. Yeah. They're all fine, but right. she's absolutely head and shoulders above yes. all of them when it comes to her talent. Her comedic timing is just perfect. Yeah. Her physical uh, acting. One thing that takes me out, and this is only because we live where we live, I recognize too many of the the locations yeah. that they're shooting in. I know. So when they're driving from Oklahoma City to um, St. Louis, right. I'm like, wait a minute. That's Silmar. That's out, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's out the 14 freeway. That's I know. not Oklahoma. I know. I know. I, I noticed the same thing, but you got to just kind of suspend disbelief. We talked about this just a second ago. Uh, before the break, and actually uh, mentioned it a tiny bit yesterday, moviegoers are seeing a shortage of popcorn, candy, soda, and other snacks. You got inflation, you got a tight labor market, you got supply chain disruptions that are now impacting the availability of food and beverages at movie theaters. Theater operators having difficulty restocking key concession stand items like the bags that hold the popcorn, the sheen linings that prevent the butter from seeping out. It's bad news if you're headed to the movie theater. Um, I uh, spent the break watching the trailers you told me to watch. Go to KFIAM640.com. Use the keyword Gary and Shannon. There's three trailers on there. One for The Bear on FX. Uh, one for The Menu um, with Rafe Fiennes, if I'm not mistaken. One for there. Pinocchio. What is this, 80 years after the original? I think that was made in the 40s. I'm not the early looking, 40s. I'm not looking forward to that one. I'm not a big Pinocchio uh, fan. No. Uh, the bear is some sort of cooking uh, yes. a- adventure. As I assume is the menu, considering the guy's wearing a cook smock or whatever they call those things. I watched the trailer for The Man from Toronto because it has Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson in it. And I'll watch anything Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson are in. Sure. They're just two of my favorite actors. This looks like a really bad movie that they are in. Like, it, I'll still well. watch it. I'll still watch it because I love those two guys. But if it wasn't those two guys, it's I probably would never watch that movie. It's called The Man from Toronto, and it's on Netflix on June 24th is what the uh, what the thing says. There's, there's things that about this that I do not like. First of all, Kevin Hart needs to do another dramatic role like he totally. did with the Brian Cranston uh, where he became Brian Cranston's helper as assistant yes. while Brian Cranston was uh paralyzed in a wheelchair. Kevin Hart I think is uh brilliant enough to do that type of a role and should hold out for that before he does the bumbling goofy uh you know miscommunicated and wrong identity kind of thing. I love them both. I love it when he does all of them. I think he, I I, I like the comedies. I like the whole get hard premise, which seems to have been done again in this where he's assumed to be some, some badass guy and he just gets looped into some drama that uh, wrong place, wrong time kind of stuff. I will say this, the stunts in that movie look incredible. The director was the guy who did the Hitman's bodyguard franchise and expendable. One of the, Expendables movies. So clearly there's a lot of explosions and great stunts in that. So that will be good. That will be worth looking forward to. But don't um I don't know. Maybe it's uh maybe it's a Thursday night you're looking for something to do. 
Not a Friday night. Don't don't base your weekend around that movie. Um, Anna Taylor Joy is the one that's in the menu with Ray Fiennes. Uh, described as a uh, darkly comedic show, it shows up in theaters by, in November. So the official te- teaser is out. You can check that out. Like you mentioned, the Pinocchio, uh, and then of course the Bear, also with the uh, the oldest brother from the TV show Shameless that was on Showtime. This is the first week without This Is Us. We didn't have it last night. Don't have it to look forward to today. Well, I'm sorry. It's okay. I feel like I don't know what to say to you. You don't need to say anything to me. But Real Housewives of uh, oh, Dubai, that's right. Wherever Abu Dhabi, somebody, somebody comes on tonight. Yeah, one really? of the, oh, one of the new ones. Yeah, I think it's Dubai. Is that a new show? Oh, it's new, and they're new, and I'm all ready for the storyline. <laughs> I want to see all the gold. Like I'm excited. Who has a cousin, a brother? <laughs> Let's see tonight. here. Yeah, it's tonight. Okay, cool. So you need to watch that with me. I will. I will definitely watch it. If you've got garbage television on a platter, I am ready to be served. Um, me too. Netflix is also coming out with a movie uh, about um, uh, it's called Maestro about Leonard Bernstein, the composer. And Bradley Cooper plays Leonard Bernstein, and they show him with the makeup, the prosthetic makeup on, including the nose, etc. And the problem is, people are now saying that they should not have put the big nose on him. That the makeup is anti-Semitic because it looks like Leonard Bernstein, even though Bradley Cooper is not Jewish. That, to me, means people have a lot of free time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.